Welcome to the Climate Smart Farming Show podcast. This podcast is sponsored by my supporters on Patreon and by B Books, publisher of A Farmer's Guide to Climate Disruption, which is now available in print, ebook, and audiobook. B Books also publishes climate smart romance novels by Tara L. Roy. Learn more at bbooks.org. You'll also get free climate smart downloads, including tips for weathering drought and flood, and the Farm Emergency Preparedness Plan. When you subscribe to BeeBooks newsletter, sign up at beebooks.org, beebooks.org. I'm your host, author and multimedia artist, Rebecca L. Fraser, and I'm excited to share this episode of the Climate Smart Farming Show podcast with you. So let's dig into it. This episode is sponsored by Kmoot brand Coruscant Wheat. Visit kmoot.com to learn more about Kmoot brand Coruscant Wheat, its history, recipes, nutrition, research, and products available. Chapter 9 Soil Solutions Cover Crops Figure out what your vulnerability is, what exposures you're likely to experience in your location. What are the sensitivities in your cropping system? And figure out what you can do about it. Laura Langnick, author, Resilient Agriculture. Vulnerability, exposure, and sensitivity may not be terms you thought you'd use when you got into farming. Yet, as author, scientist, farmer Laura Langnick points out, they are key to the new language of growing produce in our changing climate. Multiple options exist to determine your land's vulnerabilities, exposures, and sensitivities. Perhaps the easiest place to start is with soil testing. USDA NRCS offers free soil testing and works with farmers to develop land management plans unique to their location and cropping system. Standard practices that benefit soil health in any location are cover cropping, encouraging friendly bacteria and fungi, eliminating nitrogen fertilizers and synthetic inputs, and direct seeding. A cover crop is your aspirin a day, said Christine Clark, Massachusetts State Conservationist with USDA's NRCS. Make sure your soil is covered and you're protecting it like your brand new toy in your garage. It's a precious resource and a fundamental resource. If you protect your soil, you're going to inherently protect your water. It's the ultimate filter, she said. At Many Hands Organic Farm in Barrie, Massachusetts, Julie Rawson planted clover and daikon radish under and between each row of vegetable crops. You have to get used to a mess, Rawson explained with a smile when I went to visit her on the farm. Cover crops create soft edges where there used to be precise rows. Beneath the mess, a web of activity is happening that boosts soil health and mitigates climate disruption. The daikon radish's deep root system encourages earthworm activity and more microbial activity than shallow root crops. It increases the amount of water infiltration in the soil profile. In general, deeper root crops create a better soil health profile than shallow root crops like grasses and forbs. 
as water travels deeper into the soil, it reduces compaction issues. Curtis Elke, Idaho State Conservationist with USDA NRCS, explained, If you have a clay pan a foot or so down because you've plowed the land for years and years, these roots are strong enough to penetrate the clay pan, break that up, and provide a deeper soil profile. Cover crops with deep roots help mitigate climate disruption by pulling more carbon from the air and then releasing more liquid carbon into the soil than shallow roots. That liquid carbon feeds the microbes that create soil aggregates. Aggregates produce more porous soil, which holds water better in droughts and in floods. In some areas, heavy rain can delay planting and create problems obtaining a good stand of plants, which can reduce crop productivity. As reported in the third National Climate Assessment, in soils with even modest slopes, rainfall of more than 1.25 inches in a single day leads to runoff that causes soil erosion and loss of nutrients and can lead to flooding. Jack Kittredge reported in Soil Carbon Restoration, Can Biology Do the Job? If we want to survive, we really have no alternative but to restore carbon to the soil. That this can be done through biology, using a method that has worked for millions of years, is exciting. Farmers can follow these simple principles and not only restore carbon to the soil, but help rebuild the marvelous system that nature has put in place to renew our atmosphere while providing food, beauty, and health for all creation. Integrating cover crops into your cropping system. According to Idaho's state conservationist, there's not one cover crop mixture that works for everybody or works throughout the year. Still, he encourages many farmers to rotate cash crops on a four-year cycle. Alternating potatoes with wheat, sugar beets, and then another grain is a four-year rotation mixing high residue with low residue crops. Although wheat provides the soil significant straw residue, Elke said the common practice of rotating only potatoes and wheat is not enough. He said, that's why we're encouraging cover crops in low residue crop years. Right after the potato or beet harvest, you go in and plant that cover crop to add that extra residue and organic matter into the soil profile. Florida's state conservationist Russell Morgan said traditional winter cover crops such as cereal, rye, crimson clover, vetch, and brassicas work well with northern Florida's row crop production systems. For the southern Florida vegetable production areas, he suggested summer-growing cover crops, including exotic legumes such as hairy indigo, sun hemp, cow peas, or velvet beans, in combination with sorghum, Sudan grass, or pearl millet. According to Morgan, Florida's diverse agriculture presents many challenges to soil health. Crops include vegetables like potatoes, a myriad of specialty crops such as citrus, blueberries, and sugarcane, and row crops such as corn, cotton, soybeans, and peanuts. In addition, high year-round temperatures and rainfall make it harder to increase the organic matter content in Florida soils. 
Morgan said. Luckily, Florida has more options for utilizing more and different cover crops than many areas of the country because we have both winter and summer production systems. In Massachusetts, conservationists reported shifts in pest activity, including different timing and locations, resulting from climate disruption. The solution to such shifts is not newer, stronger pesticides, but rather soil health. Christine Clark explained, The soil biota is no different than the biota in your gut. Everything has to be balanced to work correctly. Just as friendly bacteria in the human digestive tract encourages physical health in part by discouraging unfriendly bacteria, so a healthy soil biota encourages plant health in part by discouraging pests and encouraging beneficial insects. Farmers cannot do much to change their exposures, but they can do a lot to change their sensitivity and their adaptive capacity, Langnick said. In conjunction with soil testing, the framework in Langnick's book, Resilient Agriculture, may be a useful tool to show you the areas of vulnerability in your growing operation over which you have control. As you know, one of the key people featured in this episode is Julie Rawson of Many Hands Organic Farm in Barrie, Massachusetts. My interview with Julie was great fun. Her excitement about her work and the new discoveries that she and her family were making at the time was palpable. They had been farming organically since the early 1980s, but with the new information about carbon sequestration and regenerative agriculture, they were learning and applying new techniques to help mitigate climate change. At some point in this interview, you will hear me quote Julie as saying, you have to get used to a mess. That's a line that has literally stayed with me for years. It's anathema to American culture, but I have this wonderful visual memory associated with that quote, which I'm happy to share with you now. I'm following Julie through a row of daikon radish. Although she is quite a bit shorter than me, she moves quickly. Most people struggle to keep up with me on a walk. But this was the other way around, so that's saying something. Julie is eager to show me what's happening in the soil where the cover crop grows. She pulls up a daikon and holds it aloft. The radish is huge, and its greens are huge. I'm impressed. But what Julie really wants to show me is not the radish. Although, daikon radish does double duty on her farm as both a cover crop and a cash crop, what Julie wants to show me are the soil aggregates coming off the daikon roots. If you've never seen a soil aggregate, it appears to be merely a little clump of soil. And if you didn't already know what you were looking at, you'd be like, who cares? But those little clumps of soil that cling to the deep roots of a plant are a great sign of soil health. Julie encouraged me to look at it, touch it, and feel the texture of the soil aggregate. I've put my hands in the dirt plenty of times in my life, but I have to admit that something about this experience was transformative. I suddenly shared Julie's excitement about what was happening on the farm. Between that experience and reading the white paper on soil carbon sequestration written by Julie's husband, Jack Kittredge, 
I felt viscerally connected to the adjustments the couple were making in their farming practices to stem the tide of climate change. And for me, that was, it was just very meaningful. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the show. Tune in next time to learn about how you may be able to promote soil health and mitigate climate change using no-till farming practices. From 36 kernels and legends of discovery in Egyptian tombs, today, Kamut brand Khorasan wheat, an ancient grain guaranteed under the Kamut brand to never be hybridized or genetically modified, always organically grown, prized for its nutrition, ease of digestibility, sweet, nutty, buttery taste, and firm texture, can be found throughout the world in products including breads, pasta, pizza, cereals, snacks, pastries, crackers, beer, green foods, and cereal drinks. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Climate Smart Farming Show. Tune in next time to learn more about climate smart farming methods. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.